everybody. Welcome back to our podcast, Watch Better Movies, where we like to highlight underappreciated films that we think deserve more praise. As always, I'm Ben. I'm Matthew. And I'm Colin. And today we're talking about Coda, which uh, won Best Picture recently. It's uh, directed by Sean Hader. Actually deserved Best Picture. Yeah, I think it did. So you, we're, you're going to go on the record that this was deserving, and that gives you great joy considering Nomadland last year did I, not I, I'm still it. recovering from watching Nomadland. Okay. <laughs> I'm a recovering Nomadland watcher. A recovering Nomadland watcher. So you're excited that a film that you actually really enjoyed won Best Picture. Yeah, apparently these guys at the Oscars know what they're doing sometimes. Sometimes. And sometimes they really don't know what to do. (laughs) Like, what do you do when somebody walks on stage and smacks somebody? (laughs) Do you make them leave? What do you do do when both of the people are really likable? I think that's the hard (laughs) thing. And very well known. I wouldn't know what to do either. To we be could have a whole podcast just on the Will Smith thing. We, yeah, we probably shouldn't, but yeah. Because yeah, if we, we start could. talking about it, I'm going to have way too much to say. So. Yeah. Anyways. What would you guys think of Coda? I, I don't know how you can not like Coda. I mean, I think that you could probably, if you're a film critic, uh, get into some little things here of like critiquing things they could have done to fill it out in certain ways, maybe more. Um, but from just like a pure film watching experience and the narrative and the story, um, it, it was wonderful. Uh, it, it was moving. Uh, this is maybe the first movie that we've watched uh, for the podcast that I uh, have cried. I, I don't know. It, yeah, you texted me that you ugly cried. Oh, dude, I, after I, watching I, this. Uh, I, I got. It wasn't just like tears, and it wasn't just like tears falling down. It, it got to the final, one of the final scenes to where like, like I actually kind of choked. Like it, it got me bad, man. Coda got me bad. It's one of those movies that just gives you the feels, man. Like, I mean, just I, I loved that. I've never seen a film where uh, three of the main characters were uh, not acting as if they were deaf, but they were deaf actors. Um, it so they were, were actually deaf. Yeah, all three. Well, the, yes, the the three family, uh, the mother, the father, and the brother were all deaf. Um, this was actually based on a film that was done in France um, originally, and it actually got a huge amount of flack because the people that were being deaf weren't actually deaf. Mm-hmm. And so when it actually got picked up to be done in America, they made sure not to do that again. Um, and so um, the husband and the wife have been acting for quite some time. Um, she actually had been nominated for an Oscar before. She was the first ever person uh, really? that was deaf to be nominated for an Oscar. I didn't know that. Um, and, uh, and he was the first man to be nominated for an Oscar. Um, well, he won, right? He won. And I have to go back and look. It's in my notes to see if she won before as well. But it was like back in the 80s. But like it, it was a story that I'm not used to seeing about a deaf family. And not just a deaf family, but like the contrast of like what would it feel like to be a person that can hear and the rest of your family is deaf. And you have this tension of you know you need to be there for them, but you also have your own life. And, um, you know, like I, I, it also made me think about just even people that are deaf in our world, like how they... Uh, how, how they live and and some of those different things and so um, you know it, I don't know it, it made me think about a lot of different things but one I, I guess at minimum it brought me to a place to empathize for something I don't think about very much which I appreciate. No, here's here's what I liked about this movie. Let's just take the deaf part out of it for a moment. It was still a great movie. It was still a great story. I mean, it, whether it was deaf, it could have been a different life circumstance that was causing them to be challenge running a fishing business it could have been anything else and it's still just made for a good story about family dynamics about you know coming of age coming of your own about i mean i'm also a sucker for most uh movies that include music as an aspect of it i mean that's why i like the uh last one we did what was it whiplash yep. yeah uh, like i'm just always drawn to those movies and then on top of just being a good standalone story movie acting 
it added the dynamic of the deaf community and Coda, child of deaf adults, the just giving such an insight into this reality that I am completely ignorant to and don't know about. And I think it captured that so well and so uh, fascinating in a good way and, you know, making you really consider it. And um, I'm not, honestly, I'm, I'm not trying to just harp on Nomadland, but I, I do think there's some parallels in that. Um, um, honestly, like, I'm not trying to just harp on Nomadland, but I really do think there's some parallels that I do, like, think I can distinctively point out that because that's what the people said about Nomadland. It was about this just group of people that we just don't know about that lives this life and giving us insight into it. Well, this is what this was about Coda, but with an actual story and things like that, that like I really enjoyed and appreciated. And so that's where like, I think they're, you could say they're similar movies in a sense. Yeah. They're both exposing a part of society that most people don't think about. I think also what makes this movie holistic, it has humor. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the funniest scenes in the whole entire movie are... <laughs> so, little known fact, this movie initially was rated R. Um, and the reason was is because there's a certain amount of times you can actually use the F word in a film before it becomes rated R. Um, and it's only like three, isn't it? Well, No, I think it's, I think it's one oh, well, no, for no, PG-13. So th- there's right? more than that if you actually count what they say in the subtitles. Okay. And so that's what happened is basically the director and the producers went to bat. And so... It actually exceeds the limit if you look at what they're signing. Right. But what's actually verbally spoken is not. Um, but I think some of the the banter and the talking junk back and forth, um, especially some of the signing relationship of um, the intimate relationship that the mother and father uh, <laughs> love to have, like some of the signing that happened and the drama behind them uh, saying some things was absolutely hilarious. And I also love the coming. Of, uh, I'm a sucker for a coming of age romance. Um, like between uh, the main the main character, uh, the daughter, and um, the, the boy that she sings the duet with, like so, I think it had a lot of different components that I think made it a well rounded story. Well, so I, here I'll, I'll say I'll say this that this is a movie that uh, you have you have to watch. You you can't just sit there and be passively no. doing something else because you know half the scenes not half but you know a, de- a decent amount right. of scenes are completely signed in yeah. subtitles i don't watch movies that way anyway and, but i know well i, I always watch everything that way <laughs> and so like yeah. i was sitting there trying to do some work while i put it on like yep, yeah i can't do this i didn't i did also pull the classic holland i don't know if i've really i don't know if i've watched a single movie on this podcast they haven't in entirety. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched like the first hour and 15 minutes Wait, are you saying you've never finished any of the films until this one? Or no, you he, never watched it through it, like in one sitting. In, in one, one sitting. sitting. Yeah. I always, like, I, I fell asleep about an hour and 15 into it, and then I woke up at like 6 a.m. the next morning and finished the last 45 minutes. This one again? Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> when did you start these movies? Remember the King incident? Oh, yeah. So I do remember this. Good times. I, so just a little bit of a synopsis. If you haven't seen Coder, don't know what it's about. I mean, it's about a... A girl who is a child of deaf adults, and she has a brother, and they live in, is it Massachusetts? Yeah, yeah, Massachusetts. It's in Massachusetts. They are a blue-collar family. Uh, the way that they provide for their family is that they have a fishing boat. Um, and, you know, the way that the daughter is very much an active part of their business, um, you know, she is the one who actually uh, can you know, talk with the people at the docks and with coast guards. And that comes in later. Like 17 year old daughter. Who's yeah. I guess in her last year, of high, you know, so she's school. in her last year of high school. She's never made great that grades. Uh, she's never been a great student in many ways. She's never had the ability to be so because she wakes up at three in the morning, every single day to go fishing. Um, and so it, it's, it's a story of 
Um, her realizing uh, when she randomly signs up for an elective because she sees a boy signing up for an elective, which is choir, um, that she signs up for that as well. And you realize that she has loved to sing because she would sing on the boat when her and her father and brother are uh, fishing, but they can't ever hear that she's singing, but she loves to sing. Um, and so what you see is that this um, choir director, teacher, uh, basically gives her hope and that there's a future for her that maybe she never thought was possible. Is that she... a, he's also a little intense to be a, a high school um, choir director. I was getting some, some whiplash vibes. I think we, I was, yeah, I was having bit, some whiplash yeah. memory there. But some whiplash, whiplash. I think that he's a poor man, J.K. Simmons. Uh, he's definitely <laughs> not, not quite as intense. But I do think that basically you have this, this teacher that's like, look, even if you don't have the greatest grades from what you've done in the past, like, you know, you could try out for Berkeley and I think that you could make it. And so really you see this tension build of how can I actually pursue a future outside of being home forever with my family who's deaf because they're in desperate need of me? Um, and so that's kind of, th there's more to unpack there, but like, well, that's I think, kind of the general. Uh, I mean, uh, digging into that, that desperate need for her that, one, again, goes back to the deaf community that we don't really realize. And I mean, I guess maybe it could be comparable to other uh, nationalities that, you know, become, come to the United States and don't speak English, but just such a level of dependence on her to communicate everything that they she she's the one that sells the fish she's the one that uh liaisons like with the fishing commission people she's the one that you know is communicating with all the teachers letting the parents know letting her parents know everything that's happening and unlike other you know perhaps unlike other situations like i'm sure there's not a plethora of deaf translators in the small fishing community and so they sold like she is the only one that can connect her parents with everybody around them the mother and the father don't have a problem in many ways just seeing her as an eternal part of their existence of yeah. like we have to have her to survive whereas you see this son who almost like that that next generation that he has this desire to be self-sufficient he almost like begrudges that she is the savior of their family and that he's like, I can learn lip reading. I can do these other things. So we, we can do this ourselves. Um, and you see that different dynamic, I feel like, of how they can exist in the world. Because the mother and the father have almost accepted a life that they have no friends. Mm -hmm. And they almost hate the hearing people, you know. Whereas the son has a desire to push towards a life past that. But he sees that he can do that without his sister. That yeah. isn't, to be clear, as you see the rest of the story, he loves his sister. Well, but. And the last thing I'll say, and then Ben can do what Ben does and talk brilliance about this movie. But um, I think it's fascinating, again, just such insight into the deaf community and having so little uh, relation with it. But I, I do, I feel I gathered from this movie, and I also do, you know, know, know a few people that actually are uh, deaf as well. Or I know them like second, third hand. I don't really know them personally. But I do know that they, as deaf people, similarly have a daughter who is. Uh, she can talk. I don't know the right way to say that. She's not deaf. Um, she went to UNC. And I do know, like, her parents are somewhat anti, like, cochlear implant, other things to do. Like, it's somewhat, there's pride in it. And I feel like, you know, you know we almost saw that a little bit in this movie as well with the parents because, you know, like, well, we have our deaf friends. Well, we have this and everything. And sometimes they didn't want to jump outside the community. And I'm just, uh, I'm, interested in continuing to see that dynamic and how isolated is that is that something that's prevalent across that culture i mean 
Shoot, if anybody watching, listening has any insight, please let us know. I think it's an area that we'd all love to continue to learn and lean into. But just as a kind of observation about some of that, you know, uh, in a way pride, but in a way of being deaf and being able to be self-sufficient like Matthew was getting at. I like that the movie, um, it's not just like a, it's not just like a, hey, here's, you know, this is different just because it focuses around um, deaf people. It's like, no, it, it actually does tell a really good story yes. on top of that, you know, on top of being unique. Um, were you going to say That's something? That's why I, I misspoke earlier. Yeah, um, so this is fascinating. So I misspoke earlier. I, there could be other actors and actresses that have been nominated <laughs> that were deaf. But what's fascinating is to show the significance of uh, these two actors that I love that are getting spotlighted, who maybe most people never know. So Troy Kotsur, K-O-T-S-U-R, the father in the story. Yeah, he won, uh, he he won, won the Oscar he, he for won Supporting Actor. He won Best Supporting Actor, mm -hmm. and he became the first um, man, deaf man to win Best Supporting Actor. I don't know if there's been a nominee before that, but the uh, first person ever to win um, as, a, as a deaf actor, actress, was... Um, her name is Marley Matlin, and that was the mom. And she won it for Children of a Lesser God in 1986. So there might have been other nominees in the past, but this, literally in this film, you have the two uh, winners of actor and actress, the, uh, of deaf actors and actresses that have ever won an Oscar um, in the same film. That's and so, cool. And they've also been in stuff together in the past, so this wasn't their first time acting together. Did she well. win Best Actress? This? She won Best Actress. The, it, this it, year? For that movie? No, in no, 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 she was not nominated at all. So... The only person nominated for the Oscars was him. Though, I did think, and I'm curious what your thought was, I thought the daughter, I think her name is Amelia, Amelia Jones. Jones yeah. um, I thought she was incredible. Me too. Uh, she did get nominated, I think, for, um, like, not Oscars, but I think she was nominated for a couple other awards, which I was glad to see she got some recognition for her role. Um, just to show, like, her dedication to the role, she spent nine months learning American Sign Language, having singing lessons, and learning how to operate, operate a fishing trawler. Like, that's the commitment that's cool. that people take to, like, yeah. doing these roles. But I thought she was exceptional. I wonder which one of those was the hardest. That <laughs> Probably operating heavy machinery, but... I don't know. I, I don't think know. learning sign language might... Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, considering she actually had singing ability, I would imagine the hardest thing was... I know, I know a teeny bit of sign language. I just... Sign language just blows my mind. I don't... Do you want to learn how to say, how are you? Yeah. Well... Right. Oh, I guess for you. So, how... For those of you listening, you this go. is definitely a struggle. But <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're watching, then because now, so all my joke, all it. my jokes about our gold club that can watch are now true. <laughs> we have a gold club, y'all. It's Weird. called YouTube. What's a gold club? Gold clubs, YouTube watchers. Yeah, what is a gold club, Colin? Well, I've always said before that for everyone that has like the gold it's a club, club gold. they can watch the pod. But the I might have been lying. But now people can actually watch the pod, which I guess is something we should celebrate real quick because we haven't really said that. That yeah, if you are that. listening, this is the first episode that we're recording. Yeah. And uh, we hope that you will watch it. You're trying to give more people <laughs> ways to, to connect and to uh, engage with us and continue to kind of build our little community. I don't know what to yeah. do now. I'm not like, should I sit up straight? Is my posture going to be examined? Just put like, your hands this... right here. Uh, okay, just do that. Oh yeah, yeah, this is also what we. Uh, oh yeah, this is the this applause. Is what we think about this is the so, applause. Uh, yeah, Ben, do you want to tell them where to find the video pod? The video? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so if uh, if you want to watch the video, if you're listening to this and you want to watch the, um, watch what we the Gold the, Club. Yeah, if you're part of the Gold Club, you can go to Murray Flicks on YouTube, which is my YouTube channel, 
And uh, I don't know if we'll record every podcast, but maybe a few of them I'll put them on there. So, and if you like us, like it, that. let us know so we keep doing it. Yeah. So um, I also think it's cool that this was a girl director. Um, yeah. A woman director. Like woman I think director. anytime we can highlight it. Get, get it right, Matthew. Not a girl. <laughs> but anytime we can highlight a, uh, a female director, I think that's an amazing thing to do um, because they do a lot of incredible work that doesn't always get highlighted. This is her second ever film that she directed. What was her first? Her first was a film in 2016 called Tallulah. Um, it also was nominated for, so both of her films have been Sundance films. Um, and so what that first one was film? Sundance for, is, for everybody else. I know what it is. So the Sundance film festival, sure, um, sure every single on. year is really, um, the biggest independent film festival, I would say. Um, and it's where a lot of movies actually get picked up. So producers yeah. go there and this film actually got bought by Apple uh, TV by, for $25 million to, to be the distributor of it, which is huge. Mm which made this the first ever streaming service film to win Best Picture. Um, yeah, and so that I think, was, and my wife told me that. That was also cool as well. Um, but this director, um, one of the things they do at Sundance is they'll have like the Grand Jury Prize or the Audience Prize, and both of her films have been um, received accolades at Sundance. Um, and so it, it, I think it's cool to see. I'm, I'm excited to see what she does next. She's also been a director of a few episodes of things like Orange is the New Black and written. She also was the screenwriter of this as well. So she wrote and directed this, which is also impressive. Did Can this we... win Best uh, Screenplay? It swept all three things it was nominated for. And so, yes, it did win Best uh, I thought best so. Screenplay. Adapted Screenplay. It, right? it, it adapted. Yeah. So it won Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Actor. And it's Supporting one of... Actor. Supporting actor, and it's one of the first we, we do know who won best actor. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and so, it, it's one of the few films that actually swept the Oscars. Now, given some have swept, like one of the Lord of the Rings movies swept with like a ton of nominations. I mean, Dune was picking but, them up, man. But this one, this won everything that it was nominated for, and it was also one of the few times in history that a film won best picture that was not nominated for best editing and or um, because story always wins. Story trumps everything, I think, yeah. And this is a great um, example of that. I think the only exception to that rule is Mad Max Fury Road, <laughs> and that might be the only exception. Uh, <laughs> How long do you think that screenplay was? <laughs> it was there wasn't a screenplay, remember? Oh, yeah. It's it was just a bunch of stories. But even if it was, like, remember, we it would not about, be very long. <laughs> no. They go here, <laughs> then they decide to leave, and they grunt at each other Things and shoot each other. They, um, they start... They go, they come back. End <laughs> yep. of screenplay. Yep. Um, Car chase. This <laughs> is related, and we can talk about this for as little or as much as y'all want. But let's talk about Apple TV for just a second. Sure. Like, what are they doing? Are they doing good things? Are they? Do we like what they're doing? I kind of like, like what they're doing. What, just, do you, what do you think? I mean, I, I've just gotten on the Apple TV train with like Ted Lasso and this. Yeah. Oh, so yes. I'm, I'm very new to Apple TV. But like, uh, do my we wife think and that I watched the morning show? We've watched Apple TV. Uh, we've watched uh, Ted Lasso and then this. You uh, should both watch Mythic Quest. It's amazing. Also, another film that was nominated this year for stuff that was an Apple TV film that I have not watched because or you don't. have to be in the mood to watch Shakespeare is The Tragedy of Macbeth that had Denzel yeah. Washington. Yes. That was another Apple TV film this year. So they did they did well this year. Like, do we like? Are they gonna like? compete with netflix and become a mate like primary streaming service for people i mean that's not even getting into them like I getting mean, rights on baseball and stuff like that like kind of everybody's doing that now anyway I, I like to think if apple's gonna actually get in the game they're gonna do well well yeah that's what i'm yeah, saying I, like, I don't think that they're gonna they monopolize they're gonna come in and just do better than everybody i mean yeah, like they actually were streaming a sports a baseball game the other night they have had some a couple like severance is this new show that's gotten some uh traction samuel jackson has a new show on there as well um so i mean like they're, they're not bringing in just like you know, you got other streaming services like Roku, like Channel, or 
uh, some other, you know, even Peacock, which I'm not knocking Peacock, but like. I'll knock Peacock. Um, I think that they're like I'm they're mad not at them they, since they took the office. Like they're not they're not messing they're around. Just, like Apple TV is, is they're bringing in big name actors to do their shows. Well, that's what, yeah, they're not putting in things that are not great. I mean, I don't know. I, again, I've said I've watched two things. Maybe there's bad stuff on Apple TV, but like I feel like Netflix is at least a lot more hit, like hit or miss, and they're getting better. They have really good. They also things just too. put out tons of, but content. they just put out so yeah, much. There's plenty of things the ones that kind of started the whole. Streaming there's plenty thing of things really. on Netflix. that are like you're like yeah, this is garbage. well. The Netflix here's the genius of Netflix that I don't see that Apple's doing right now is it seems like Apple. If you look at the types of shows they're doing, all of them have an actor you recognize. Netflix, and it seems like you know, like they tried to get some Oscar bait. Um, which I will say I love Coda, but it's totally Oscar bait. Like it's like you know it, it has the feels, whereas No Man Land didn't. But like th- this is not shocking to me that this did well in a in a award season. Um, but like they are seemingly selective with the stories they're telling and the actors they choose. Where Netflix, they're like we don't care if this wins awards. We just want to. They have their is it algorithms or logarithms? Algorithms. I don't know how to say it. Al- algorithms. Algorithm. I used to always call it an logarithm. A logarithm is a math what? term. It's a hard word. What? A logarithm is a math term. An okay. algorithm is a what this is. What? An algorithm's not math? I thought algorithm was math. What else would it well, be? Well, it is. It's like a set of rules applied to something. Oh, okay. Formula. Yeah. So I had a guy at Food Line I'm the other day. Like, this, this cashier at Food Line the other day started like asking me like what an arthropod was and if I, if I thought pungent should be a word for vocabulary for kindergarten. I'm like, what kind of conversation do you have? I don't know, man. Like, this was not my normal. He was like, how hey, did this, he was how like, hey this, bro, can you help me with my crossword? Yeah, how did this conversation start? Well, because him, he was like testing this other cashier about her vocabulary knowledge. And he was asking every person that walked by what arthropod meant. And for what it's worth, it's like an insect that has a shell. But anyways, Hmm. I didn't know that. All that to say is Netflix is just trying to get like cater to what do people actually want to watch. And they don't really care what the critic thinks. And it works. They get... They make tons of doo-doo stuff that people still love to watch. Like, Well, it's like what you said. You know, story trumps everything. So if if Apple is actually going to make it, like, it's got to be, that's got to be the their well, top priority. Well, and that's, that's very Apple. I mean, I think, you know, go back to classic Steve Jobs of even trying to give people what they don't know they want, but they will love. Yeah. And that's almost like what Apple is doing. Whereas I think TV. Netflix... Make some high level stuff. They've made some good oh, films. Yeah. They've made we really good stuff. We were just talking stuff. about Ozark, right? Before but I also about, think that Netflix. Yeah, I, like Ozark. I also think Netflix is willing to say, "Hey, we'll make the best stuff out there, but we'll also make Hallmark and Lifetime st- type stuff to get people to watch." Yeah. My my hot take is that Apple TV is <laughs> going to eventually overtake Netflix in market Whoa. share. All right. Really? Yeah, I think that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, with, with Netflix keep hiking their prices, I think more and more. I think Netflix is already losing market share to Hulu and other streaming. I mean, Prime's services. killing some stuff. They're all doing good stuff. Like so, they really are. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think Netflix. Yeah, I think I like shows on everything. Netflix succeeded because they didn't have any competition. Now they have competition. It's true. I don't think they're going to last. I mean, they'll last. I'll we'll always have play to play a podcast in six months to see what Colin's uh, prophecy is like. What's your What's your favorite streaming service right now? I would probably say Apple TV in this moment. I mean, again, I've just had very good experiences in the last month with them. I mean, I don't. I watch Netflix almost every day, but it's also just to watch like Criminal Minds or other shows that are classics. There's not a lot of Netflix I watch for like, ooh, what's that new content? Like, yeah, maybe, you don't watch any originals, really? No, no, no. I mean, maybe Ozark or I. I've enjoyed a couple where Netflix has taken like a CBS like series and like put a third season on it, like um or like a. Or, um, Stuff that got canceled. Yeah, like a Madam President was a show that was on some major plat- major uh, live or ma- major 
satellite channel, whatever I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. And then like they canceled it and Netflix picked it up. But like I've enjoyed a couple of those, but I think Ozark is the only like really solid Netflix. When I think of Netflix shows, I think of Ozark. What about Love Is Blind? I never. I don't really know what that is. <laughs> I don't either. That was a joke. Don't worry. It's a don't watch it. Don't watch it. I mean, the Kardashians are part of that schlock you were talking about. Is, I mean, that's going to push Hulu because I know all three of us watch the Kardashians. The, oh yeah, keeping up with the Kardashians. But yeah, that, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll close hey, this thought what? on this. But yes, I think I think Apple TV is putting out incredible content. I think Prime is putting out incredible content. I think Hulu starting to get more of the classics. HBO Max. Like yeah, shoot, not even getting Max. into HBO Max. So I just I think. As people are starting to weigh, Netflix is going to be the one that's like, you know what? I don't really need this as much. They also just bought Discovery Plus. I don't know about that. We'll see. Did you see that trailer for uh, Stranger Things 4? I I have not seen it. Uh, Stranger Things is a good Netflix review. Yes. That's a good one. Um, To bring it it back. They did the trailer to the song Separate Ways by Journey. Mm. It was awesome. To bring it back to the Dakota a little bit. Right, Dakota. What what part do you did? uh, Maybe, like, obviously this movie has, it, it pulls at your emotions. Like, if you look at certain scenes and maybe spoiler alert, very clear here, like, what parts of this film like moved you the most? Um, probably the scene uh, with uh, her and her dad in the back of the like the sitting on the, the tailgate. Truck, yeah, yeah, I think that one got well, set me up, the set most. Set up the scene for that a little bit, right? Like, so she she had to do at at a recital. yeah, she had a recital, and it's like you know, it's like the in the script, it's like the final battle scene, you know, where there's always like some kind of thing that they're leading up to. A lot of times, it is a recital in a movie. You know, they're just her parents are just sitting there, and they're they're seeing they can't hear anything obviously they're distracted they're bored yeah and they're just kind of like yeah but they see like they see they kind of observe other people and then there's that moment where it goes silent oh you know and that was good and you the the audience gets to like hear what they hear which is nothing like i feel i just the way they do i've said this so much already like i just it's like holy cow i've never thought of like how this feels in this movie had me do that i think uh and so the the way he experienced uh, his daughter's voice was like on the back of the truck there, which was well because they were too far away to lip read, you know. Because like yeah. he like and they, it, the m- mother and the father really weren't good at lip reading, but they asked the son like, "Can you lip read?" And he was like, "I'm too far away." Mm. But then you see this, and it, I also like you've, in that moment though, I feel bad for them because they can't like they feel so out of place, but I also feel bad for the daughter because the only people she's watching are her parents. Yeah. And but yet, like you know, she knows they can't hear, but she also like wants them. You can tell like to be engaged and to actually like try to like yeah. get it. And there's this moment that you're describing to where, like, he asked her, because, you know, they have no idea even what the words of the song were. Yeah. And so he asked her, what was the song? What were the words? Can you sing it to me? And so, and it wasn't just that she sang it to him. Like, he watched her mouth, but he also, like, put his hands on her neck yeah, to, like, yeah. feel the vibrations. Yeah. And then, oh my, like, it was, it was just an incredible moment. Such a good movie. And, um. So a scene that really got me was on the fishing trawler when she wasn't there and they had the yeah. person and just the, ten- yeah. the tension and the pain of all of that happening and yeah. the feeling of helplessness like letting you in a little bit is that oh the coast guard gosh. was calling them and she wasn't there to hear the call yeah. and they also didn't hear the boat sirens coming up and completely an embarrassing humiliating moment oh yeah i felt terrible yeah that 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 yeah that made me feel terrible i also felt terrible when the whole entire cafeteria like made fun of her family like that was you know to even see that not only this girl had been bullied her whole life and kids are mean and not only was she bullied because her <laughs> yeah. par- I, I never thought about this she wasn't just bullied because her parents were deaf because in a small town like it was very obvious everyone saw them growing up but if you're like i never thought about to be a coda a child of a deaf of a deaf adults like she spoke weird 
when she was a little kid mm -hmm. because like she spoke like a deaf person trying to speak because that was all she really had to go off of. Well, that and she was the only one that she, I mean her parents couldn't hear what people said yeah like she heard it all and like they were insulated from yeah. some of the ridicule and negativity yeah did you find the ending compelling did you find it lacking like that oh, sucked <laughs> So I, I really liked it. It was a little cheesy, but like at the same time, I'm like, I don't want this movie to end any differently, you know? So the, the famous picture, if you look up the trailer and it's a still shot, you'll see her as she's driving away to Berkeley. Spoilers. You know, you'll see, oh yeah, big spoiler. <laughs> spoilers, she's, if, by the way. As she's driving away to Berkeley, you know, she looks outside the passenger side window and she, you know, holds up that I love you sign. But I don't know if you noticed this. She actually has the index, uh, the, the middle finger wrapped around the index finger as she does I love you. And apparently, in sign language, when you wrap when you wrap that, it says "I really love you," um, which was just like this little cool thing at the end to see. Because throughout the movie, you'd seen this, but like at the end, she like actually um, crosses that over, which was like a little intentional thing. So wait, what does it mean? So like "I love you" is like this, but yeah. if you wrap the middle finger around the index finger, in that it means "I really love you." Oh, so like so this is like so, "I kind of love you." Well, and this is like <laughs> "I really love you." Yeah, or maybe it's just "I love you" and "I really love you." I don't think that like you haven't they haven't defined the relationship yet. It's, <laughs> it's totally what it is. Gotcha. They just say "I love you" casually. Yeah. yeah. Our fan uh, Eric Vander Hayden, shout out to Eric, uh, suggested that we uh, commit to ratings because we haven't really. Like, I've committed rated to ratings every time. Uh, this, one, this one gets five columns. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you have because you always say like five columns or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, aside from you, like we don't really commit to like actually rating anything. So is that something you think we should yeah, do? I mean, I, I'm on Letterboxd and I rate everything that I ever watch. And so I've already rated this, but I've been wrestling with what I rated it. Um, so I use a five star system. So you do two with Collins. You use five Collins as a max. Uh, so like, I don't know how else to describe this. I love, love, love this movie. I do. But, like, for me, like, a five is, like, a masterpiece. Like, more than just yeah. something that moves me, more sure. than just something that, like, gets me to cry, more than something that just makes me happy. Like, like I, I, I couldn't go there with this. Like, it wasn't on that level. And then four and a half is, like, almost like I, I really don't have anything to critique about it at all. But, like, it's not quite a masterpiece. At this point, I gave it four stars, but I was rating between giving it four and a half. So, like, for four stars for me, like, this is a very good film. Like, I just felt like there... And I had no displeasure, but it was like there was still something. There was like little things in it that I felt like could have like pushed it. And I don't even know if I could describe it. Um, but I, I genuinely loved it. Like to highlight another movie that I think was about the deaf community a couple years ago, The Sound of Metal. Um, if you haven't seen Sound that of Metal, it's one. streaming on. Yeah. It's an Amazon Prime movie. Yeah. Um, I think that Not one. Netflix. I think that one <laughs> cut me just as deep. But I think it was almost a little bit more visceral. Um, I, I don't know, but. I think I gave that one four and a half and I gave this one four, but like this one's way more like happy, you know, yeah. like go lucky movie than like sound of metal. But. I'll give it seven cups of coffee. Mm. Out of what? Out of 10 caribous, not a sponsor. <laughs> seven out of 10. Sure. Okay. You, you had to go with 10. Like who uses 10? So like if you brought this fraction, <laughs> I use like, 10. Okay. Like, I mean, I think a lot of the world uses 10. Well, like, I know that. Hello but... metric system. Actually, it's out of nine. In, <laughs> yeah, in, in movie good. ratings, it's typically either four or five, but let's just leave it to Ben to go. He, he, okay. he did the 10-point scale the for all of our international audience Matthew. that is used to the metric system. So, like, okay, <laughs> 7 out of 10, like, is that, like, I have problems with 7 out of 10. Is seven out, That's like, a three and a half stars, Matthew, if you're in, on the conversion scale. Okay, and so for me, three and a half means a good movie. <laughs> so, like, this is a good movie for you. Oh, yeah. But, like, my did problem I not make with 7 out of 10, though, is, like, that's like a D, right? That's, that's a C. What? Uh, C's get degrees. All right, fine, seven and a half. Thank you. 
think a 75 is better. Okay. Seven and a half cups of caribou coffee. Not a sponsor. And one thing I also liked, and I mentioned this right before we started recording, is the the music nerd in me. I don't know. Maybe this is intentional. Maybe it's a complete coincidence. But coda is also a music term for the end of a sonata and, and under certain circumstances. And I just think it was cool to, you know, the, the music el- musical element tied into this and then just kind of the, the way that this movie ended. I thought it was really uh, representative, whether it was incredibly intentional or just a happy coincidence. Is it Apple TV or Apple TV Plus? Or is there a difference? No, it's Apple. It, there's there's one that doesn't have the plus, so it is the plus. Okay. Apple TV Plus, I think, is the streaming service. Apple TV is the hardware, right? That you can just plug into your TV. Okay, and then you can get the TV Apple TV Plus, which cool. is a streaming service. Cool, I'm dumb. Which is cheaper than that. I, yeah, I've decided this is this is going to be a, a hill that I'm going to fight for the next yeah, six no. months. You're really into Apple. Well, <laughs> less into Apple, but but more becoming a Netflix hater. I was trying to see this actress, Emily Jones. She has one movie coming out uh, soon. I uh, can't really tell much on it. It's called Cat Person. Um, and then, Word. Do you remember that movie Cats that came out? I'd like to forget. Like the play? <laughs> the, the the movie version of it. Yeah. It's a, like, they, like, they, they had, had Judy Dench dressed up like a cat. Yeah, and freaking who else was in that? We should do that movie. James yeah, Gordon. Like 20 on Rotten Tomatoes. It looked terrible. Did you see it? <laughs> I uh, no, I haven't seen it. Oh, God. I don't think any of us. I, I feel bad, but I totally that. thought you probably seen it. <laughs> oh, so you thought I genuinely yeah, thought I thought you totally had seen cats. He's like, remember that movie Cats? Loved it. Uh, I think it's been fun for me to get a little bit more into Oscars versus not Oscars. It's not something I've ever thought of. And so I'm definitely thinking through it in a new way. And hopefully if you're listening, we're helping you think of it in a new some of this in a new way as well. And so uh this one, good good job, everybody involved. Good job, Oscars, for picking a good one. And good job, thank you, whomever. Matthew, I guess, who picked this one. Who uh, might have been Ben. Either way, Ben, me. can we just say that we, the last two movies that we've done, Ben, uh, Colin liked? That's good. So we need to pick yeah. something really rough next. We can't keep him. I haven't really gone on a tear. No, part, part of what Colin brings to this podcast <laughs> is just getting cranky about stuff he hates. Yeah, so, so we got to We got to go we gotta, Yeah, okay. I, th- I agree. <laughs> <laughs> we got to break something. Like, we cannot give him three straight films he enjoys. No. <laughs> I think, um, I don't even know. Who knows? Some of you that listen to this, Eric, you. Um We've mentioned things like Nightcrawler, which is now streaming on Netflix. We've uh, I, I brought up Take Shelter with Michael Shannon that's on Tubi TV right now. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of different uh, movies out there. I've, I've definitely got some old ones that I would love to bring in. But I'm, I'd I'm, like to do Leon the Professional. Ooh, I would love to do Leon the Professional. Uh, yeah. Natalie Portman's first role. I don't think recognize yeah. a single movie. Honestly, said. though, <laughs> honestly, I think you would. Lo- I do think you would actually. If we did Leon the Professional, so we can't do that one. He, w- he would like it. It's action. <laughs> um, uh. Well, he'd like Nightcrawler too. Yeah, Take Shelter would be weird for him. We should probably do Take Shelter. <laughs> <laughs> you want to close us out? You're good at outros. What, yeah. do you, what do you think about like needing to like think the world's ending and to create like a bomb shelter? It would be intriguing. It depends on whether they're like idiots about it all or whether they're actually like, smart. Is like the whole movie just him being a prepper? I don't know, man. My memory's so bad, I can't remember. <laughs> but I just think it sounds it has, like a great movie. I think <laughs> it, I think it has to do with the bomb shelter. Maybe that's 
10 Cloverfield Lane. I don't even know which one I'm talking about right now. Yeah. You don't well, remember the movie? We will figure out what movie it is. We will let y'all know. We will watch it, and we'll be back with you sometime in the uh, future. I think we're going to try and be a little bit better about getting these out in a somewhat regular time period, not just completely random all the time. And so uh, if you like watching, please let us know. If you're a friend, let us know personally. If you just stumbled upon us somewhere, let us know in the comments. But uh, we really encourage you to go watch this movie. It was a good one. And until next time, this is Watch Better Movies. Peace. Later.